through service, and, and I know something that meant a lot to him. So uh, we're grateful for that family and want to be sure to remember them in their time of need. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, as Paul is concluding that great hall of faith, one of the appeals that, that he makes to us is based upon this great cloud of witnesses, right? He says, because, because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, may, may we press on. May we be inspired. And, and while it's very, very possible that what he's talking about is the great cloud of witnesses that we've just read about in chapter 11, it's also very possible that he's just talking about the church. He's just talking about our brothers and sisters. You know, you go back just a chapter before and he says that, that one of the reasons that we come together is simply to encourage one another. And tonight, as, as I look out across this auditorium, and, and I can just tell you one of, the, one of the blessings of being a preacher is that you get to see people. You get to see the church. You get to you don't just get to see who's here and who's not here. You get to see the faces and 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 to connect the stories. And it's so encouraging. It's so encouraging to see people and to know what they are, and to be inspired and to be pushed on by those things. You know, I was standing in the back of the auditorium before we started, and I was just kind of surveying the the people that are here. And, and we could we could go through every person in this room and talk about. Talk about that faith. Talk about that thing that's a part of, of their life. You know, I, I, saw, I saw Miss Lucy over here, and Lucy's been able to be here for two Sundays, but, but nobody looks at Lucy and doesn't think there is an inspiration of someone who has, who has incredible faith in the face of a trial. You can't help but be inspired by that. You know, I, I saw Buzzy sitting over here, and when Buzzy speaks, he speaks with wisdom. He speaks with wisdom that, that, that doesn't come out of the mouth of a 21-year-old. He speaks with wisdom of life, a life that's been dedicated to God. And I, I, I saw Albert sitting back there, and, and Albert, I, I, think, I think conviction. I mean, he's somebody who, who has deep convictions in what he believes is right and what he believes is wrong. I, 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 saw, I see Diane over there, and, and Diane is such an encourager. If I was really going to just give out the Barnabas Award, I think I could give it to Diane. She does so much for so many people just to build them up that most people don't even know anything about. If Dustin was here tonight, I tell you, I'm always, I'm always overwhelmed at the purity that's in Dustin Perkins' heart. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's almost shocking, the contrast that, that, that there is to that and what you see in the world so often. You know, I see Scott and Amanda and purity of their faith. I mean, that pure and undefiled religion where they've, they've done something that most of us would never even consider doing. I see Steve Worley and, and, and Dee and, and the passion that they have. I mean, to go halfway around the world and they would tell you it's nothing, but every one of us knows that it's something. And, and we, we go around the room like that and we come together to, to worship with our brothers and our sisters in Christ. And one of the great privileges of coming together is just seeing that. It's just being built up. It's just being encouraged. Because when, when I see those brothers and sisters in Christ, I think, I want to be more like that. I want to face adversity in the same way 
in the same way that Lucy has. And I, I want to be able to speak with the wisdom that Buzzy has. And I want, to be, I want to be convicted like Albert is. And I want to encourage people like Diane. And I want to be pure like Scott and Amanda. And I want to have the passion that... See, I want to have all those things. Because... Not because of who they are. Even though they're all great people, right? We'd all agree with that. But because what, what we're seeing within them is who Jesus is. What we're seeing within them is, is a life that's been affected, a life that, that, that's been transformed by Jesus Christ. And, and what we are seeing is that reflected light of Jesus in their lives. I want to be more like that. I'm not like that. I'm just being real honest. I, I'm not. I, I, I struggle with it. We all, and very few of us are like that. Not across the board, right? I, I don't see. I don't see Mr. Super Christian walking in the back door right now. We, we all have our struggles and our shortcomings, and, and we all have those places that that what we're that, that what we're trying to grow in our life. But but I, I'm around my brothers and sisters, and it makes me want to be more like Jesus. It makes me want to be more like what I'm seeing in their lives. And maybe even more importantly, that's what Jesus wants me to be. That's what Jesus wants me to be inspired so that I might be more like Him. You know, we, we do pretty good sometimes to compare ourselves to those people, to compare ourselves to the world at times. There's supposed to be a contrast there. I mean, there really is supposed to be a contrast, but, but when we stand next to Jesus, what is the saying that, that, that nobody looks good at the cross? Right? I mean, I can convince myself of how great I am, and then, and then I come together to partake of that memorial feast, and, and I'm reminded not just of who I am, I'm reminded more importantly of who He is, of His character, of His sacrifice. And I'm inspired by those things. Inspired to grow. Inspired to be a different man tomorrow than I am today. Inspired to be more like Jesus. Inspired to be transformed into His image. Because we all look like somebody, don't we? Some of us look like our daddies and some of us look like our mamas. But that's not just in how we look. It's in how we talk, isn't it? talking to the blunts about their boys and who, 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 the, who they were like. And, and, and they were saying, well, you know, one of them's got a lot of this part of the family in them and one of them's got a lot of this part of the family in them. And we, and we all get that, don't we? Uh, Andy's visiting with us. I think he might have taken a child out. No, he's right there. But, 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 but every time Andy's here, I think, it's like a, it's like a young Donnie Jean. Right? And you can beat me up afterwards for that, but that's a pretty good compliment. Alright? That's what I see. That's what a lot of people see. Jesus says, I want you to look like me. No matter who your daddy is. No matter who your mama is. He says, I, I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me and, and I want you to look in the mirror. And I want you to see my face. Not your face. I want you to see the face of Jesus, the Son of God. That's what Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 when he says, but, but we, we all, and you have to do this if you're, if you're a child of God, with unveiled face, not holding back anything, right? 
I mean, there's, there's that point where Moses comes before the Lord and he, and he has to wear a veil over his face because, because he's been in the presence of God and, and that veil to, to protect them and to keep them because they simply cannot handle the greatness and the glory of God. He says, no veils. No holding back. Everything that Jesus is and everything that He stands for, everything that Jesus is, we look in that mirror and we behold in that mirror the very glory of the Lord. And when we do that, He says that we are being transformed into the very same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. That is that process of transformation. I tell you, I'm not the same person today that I was ten years ago. I'll be thirty I'll be thirty seven in December. And that's closer to 40 than I ever thought I'd be. Not that I thought I'd die, I just didn't think I'd be that old. Uh, and that may be young, but, but it, it's, it's different for me. And there are a lot of things that have changed, but, but who I am as a man is different. I've come to places that I didn't know existed a decade ago and 20 years ago. One of the reasons that, 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 that spiritual leaders are to be those older men in the church, those presbyteros, is because there are, some things, there are some things you only learn with time. You only learn by experiencing life, right? There are some things, and I spoke about Buzzy speaking with wisdom, and he wishes I'd shut up about that, but, but, but there are some things that he knows now that he, he couldn't know when he was 21 years old. He just can't. One of the things that has me excited about growing older is I, I'm really interested and excited to see who I will be a decade from now. Because I did not expect who I would be at 36 years old. And, and it makes sense to me, I probably don't have the depth to understand who I'll be at 46 years old. Transformation. We change. Not just our bodies but we change into the very image of Christ. Paul wrote about this continually in his writings, this, this transformation. You, you've seen it. We've all seen it in people's lives. Most of you have experienced this, at least to some degree in your life. But, but, but Paul writes about it over and over. He says in Ephesians 4 and verse 15, as he talks about speaking the truth in love, he says when we do this, we are to grow up we are to grow up in all aspect into Him. We are to grow up into Him who is the head, even Christ. See, this is about me. This is about you. This is not, this is not about are your children growing. Okay, that's a, that's a whole other lesson. This is, not, this is not about is your spouse growing, or is the person sitting beside you growing, or is this segment of the church... This is about me. This is about you growing up to look like Christ more and more every day. You know, sometimes you will see children who don't grow. Right? You, 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 you'll see children who are... They're just smaller than everyone else. And when that happens, it's a cause for concern, right? I have my best friend in high school... Um, he was, I mean, he was 
I was a big guy, and he was like, way down here, okay? And he wanted to play Major League Baseball for the St. Louis Cardinals. That was his dream in life. It was never going to happen for him, okay? But, but, but I remember when I, we were growing up, his dad would tell me that, that well, in retrospect, his dad told me that, that they were really concerned. He was just so small. Well, what's, what's causing this? Because it's not, normal. it's not normal to stay where you are. Wherever you are, it's not normal to stay where you are. Things change. And so they begin to say, okay, is he eating the right things? Is it something about his diet? Is it some outside influence? You know, is there something that's in the house that we're living in that, 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 that's causing this? Is, is there some sort of a disease? Is, I mean, and they were just looking because we're not supposed to stay the same. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to change. We're supposed to evolve. We're supposed to be transformed. But it's not enough to simply change. We are designed and created to be transformed into the very image of Christ Himself. So that when people see us, they can say, I've seen Christ. Do you remember when people came to Jesus and they said, Show us the Father! And Jesus said, What are you talking about? If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. It's the same, it's the same principle. That when someone would come and say, Show us Jesus, we ought to be able to say, If you've seen Me. And, and who's comfortable saying this? I don't know, besides maybe Paul. If you've seen Me, you've seen Jesus. You, you come, imitate Me as I imitate Jesus. Paul wrote to the, to the young preacher Timothy, and by young, he was probably 30. He said, I want you to take pains with these things. Don't just expect it to happen. Right? I mean, if, if you want to have, if you have these, these giant muscles and, and, and you know, be super athletic and be able to run for miles and miles, don't just sit back and say, yeah, you know what, it'd be pretty great. It'd be pretty great to really know God's Word inside and out. It'd be pretty great to have, to have the wisdom of a mature man. It'd, it'd be great to be, to be... You fill in the blank of what, what you have an, an idea of who Christ is. It takes time. It takes intentional effort. He says to Timothy, you be, you be absorbed in them so that your progress may be evident to all. He's talking about a sort of growth that can be seen. Have you seen people that have grown? Physically, I know we've all seen people that have grown, right? I mean, people, these, these children, and they shoot up. And we had, uh, you know, a visitor this, this morning, and she hadn't seen our kids since, since they were little bitty. And she said, you know, wow, they've changed a lot. I mean, this is, this is obvious. Or sometimes you see someone and you hadn't seen them in ten years, and, and their wife's a good cook, and they've you know, they've, and it's just obvious, right? Spiritually, have you seen people grow? Have you seen people take steps? He says to a very mature individual in Timothy, he says, "I want your growth to be such that it is obvious to everyone who is around, that it is evident to all." And so if it's verifiable, we might ask ourselves some questions about our spiritual growth. What do you know today? What do you understand? Maybe it's not just a factual thing, but maybe it's a conceptual thing. What do you understand about God and about His Word that you didn't last year? I think it's a really good question. 
Because it's a question that t- tells me whether or not I've grown. If, if I look at that and I say, I don't really know anything today that I didn't know a year ago, or I don't really understand anything any better than I did a year ago, have I really grown in the last year? No matter where I was last year, maybe I was a babe in Christ, maybe I've been a Christian for all my life, but have I really grown? Because remember, I'm in pursuit of perfect holiness. I mean, that, that, that's, you never get there. What was, the last, what was the last thing that you've done that has pushed you beyond what you thought you were able to do? Spiritually speaking, when did you make yourself uncomfortable? I love this question, and, and, and it, I try to ask myself this question on a regular basis. When was the last time you repented? See, and we think about repentance as that word for, you know, when, when people come forward to be baptized or when people have got something that they've done and they want the church. Repentance is just a part of growth. Right? I mean, unless I'm perfect, I, I'm struggling, I've got sin. Well, then repentance is going to be a regular part of the Christian life. Not part that I enjoy, but it's a regular part. When I'm constantly looking at my life and I'm evaluating and I'm saying, I'm not what you want me to be there. And so, Lord, forgive me for that and I'm going to walk in a different way. See, if the last time I repented was ten years ago, or if the last time that I've even thought about repenting was on the day that I obeyed the gospel, well, maybe I've been perfect, but I doubt it. This is about growth, right? This is about being transformed. This is true for every, every individual. What changes have been made in the way that I live my life? Have you seen that of, of, people, of people who used to do something but now they don't do those things? Have you ever made changes like, like that in your life? Based upon the will of God, not, not based on some whim or not. I'm not talking about being different for a different sake. I'm saying, I'm saying, have we looked at God's Word and been convicted? I need to change something tangible that I'm doing. You remember what Peter said? That, that people were going to be surprised that he, he says that you don't run to the same excess of dissipation, right? He's just saying they're going to be shocked that you don't do the same things they do. But it takes a while to, to understand that. What changes have I made? Or did I have this thing figured out a decade ago and there really wasn't anywhere to go from there? See, it's all about constant evaluation. It's all about looking at my life. Whose life have, have you impacted? Who have you went out of your way for? Who have you made a difference in their life? And eternal? I mean, this is a part of growth, right? This is the exciting thing, that when I can look at those questions, and sometimes just being aware of them as a standard for growth. You know, when, when guys are, are lifting at the gym, uh, a lot of times they'll keep a log book, right? And, and, and they want to know, you know, okay, on this date I was bench pressing so much, and then a month later I was doing this, and they're always pushing, and they're always trying to pump, pump those numbers, right? Sometimes just being aware that these things are there. He says about your spiritual growth. I want it to be evident to everybody what's going on here. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 6 and verse 1, he speaks of leaving the elementary teachings of Christ and pressing on to maturity. I like that. You know, there are some things that are rather elementary. That's okay. Elementary school is a fine thing, isn't it? If you're of elementary age, it's not okay to be stuck in first gear. It's not okay to be stuck in elementary school all your life. 
Press on. Challenge yourself. Grow in those things. Leave those things. To be baptized into Christ is a wonderful thing, but that's not, that's not the totality of your faith. I hope not. It's supposed to be the beginning. It's supposed to be the launching out point that you go forth, you arise in that watery grave to walk in a newness of life. I think sometimes one of the mistakes that we make with our young people is we press the idea of being baptized into Christ and then, and then they're baptized into Christ and we celebrate those things and we say, okay, now, now what you need to do for the next ten years of your life is just show up. And ten years later, then we're going to get real serious and we're going to start making... It's no wonder people fall away. Right? Because God's never called us just to show up. Begin your Christian life and grow in your Christian life. Leave the elementary things. Like newborn babes, Peter would say. Like newborn babes in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2, long for the pure milk of the Word, that by it you may grow. What's your passion? Am I thinking about growing? Do I do things... To say, I'm going to do this because I think this will push me. I think this will help me. I think this will make me grow. I've tried to be very conscious about this over the last six or seven years of my life. To consciously put myself into situations that I'm not exactly comfortable with. To preach on things that maybe I don't have all the answers to. Which would probably be everything. But, but you, you, it was things that I'm not comfortable with. You know, there's a story you can read about Chuck Yeager, and I probably shared this with you before, but I've, I just found this fascinating. Of course, you, you know, Chuck Yeager is the first person that ever broke the sound barrier, right? I mean, pretty, pretty fascinating guy. But, 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 but the story that you can read about him in his, his biography is that he's not the first person that ever attempted to break the sound barrier. He's not even the same person that, that attempted to break the sound barrier in the aircraft that he broke it in. But what always happened to everyone, to everyone who had attempted it before in that same aircraft is that when they got close to the speed of sound, the plane started to shake. And they thought, this thing is about to fall and fly apart. And so you know what they did, right? They hit the brakes. I mean, you know, when your car starts shaking, you hit, you hit the brakes. But when Chuck Yeager was in that plane and it started to shake and it was about to fly apart, you know what he did? He just kept pushing forward. And then came that big boom, at least that we heard. He said this amazing thing happened. Everything smoothed out. Everything, everything that was shaking, it just smoothed out. And it was the smoothest ride that he'd ever... That, that's somewhat a wonderful demonstration of what Christian maturity and growth looks like. That if we're willing to push through when, 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 when it starts shaking, and when you start pushing on your faith, it's going to start shaking, right? You, you've experienced those things. Push, push through. Continue to trust. Have that faith that, 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 that we read about with Esther when she said, and if I perish, I perish. Have that risky sort of faith. And it's only then that we have the potential to really make a breakthrough in our relationship with God. If we're, going, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, if we're really going to be what God has made us to be, 
we're going to have to be willing to die for it. Isn't that, isn't that what the Bible says? Right? Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. Boy, I wish I, wish I could be mature. Listen, when we see people who are mature, they did not get that way accidentally, and they did not get that way overnight. They did not get that way without trial. They did not get that way without tribulation. They did not get that way in all the ways that sometimes we want to get that way. The planes were shaking. And they thought they might fall apart. And they pressed on. If we're going to be what God really wants us to be, we're going to have to learn sacrifice. It's going to have to affect what we do with our time. I really wish I knew more about God's Word. I'm actually going to have to read it. I mean, that, 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 that's, I wish there was a simpler way. I really do. I wish there was a pill to take because I'd take it and buy everybody else one too. That's it. I just got to read it. I got to study. It's going to, listen, if, if I'm going to be, if I want to really grow, it's going to have to affect my pocketbook. Jesus said, where, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And, and it's that indication that, yes, our treasure does say something about where our heart is, but, but I think there's also something else going on there. Our heart tends to follow wherever our treasure goes. If you don't believe it, go and invest in something. Go and invest in Walmart. And you may not pay any attention to Walmart stock today, but after you invest money in it, you'll start paying attention to it. Right? It's going to have to affect what we do with even our money. Our wallets, it's going to have to affect our social lives. It's going to have to affect everything. Why? Because this is not a civic organization. That's not what the church is. And, and there may be some parallels but, but between, those, between this body and other bodies who are trying to, to do some good in our community. But the church is something more. It's something that demands more. But it's also something that has the potential to deliver so much more than any body like that ever thought of delivering. Because the church, the church is a blood-bought, a disciple-making, an eternity-changing body. And so I look out at the room and I say, I see, I see so many wonderful examples of Jesus. I want to be that man. I want to be that soldier. I want to be the one that inspires others. You can be. And so many of you are. How do I get there? I get there simply by standing before God, just like we talked about this morning. One of the reasons we talked about this tonight is because of what we talked about this morning, right? It's just going to be the good soil. Here I am. There's a passage that, that I love, and we'll close with this in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where Paul is writing the church at Corinth, and he says, you're, you're being held back. I mean, you're, you're, there, there's something. You, you ought to be growing. You, you, ought, you ought to be doing more than, than you currently are. But there's something that's held you back. And Paul says, listen, it ain't me. Okay? It ain't your preacher that's holding you back. It's not that person or those. It, it, he said, that, that, that's not it at all. He says in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 11-13, through 13, He says, Our mouth 
has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians, and our heart is open wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affections. You're holding yourself back. And for most of us, we can relate that to so many aspects of life, but apply it to your spiritual life. Don't hold yourself back. I wish that I could make you grow in Christ. I wish that you could make me grow in Christ. I really do. It would be a lot easier if somebody made me do it. Right? Can't. There are people that if you could, if you could pick them up and, and make them grow, you'd do it, wouldn't you? Just can't. You've got to choose it. And so Paul says, all I'm asking, I haven't held back from you. I haven't pulled any punches. And in a like exchange, I'm, I'm going to put this as simply as I know. Open wide to us also. Stand before God and simply say, God, here I am. And my heart is good. And more than anything in the world, I want to be what You want me to be. I want to fulfill the plans that You have for my life. So take me. Make me. Mold me. I want to stand before You completely vulnerable. It's hard to do. I want to stand before You completely honest and sincere as I know how to be. And I want to open my heart to You. Because that's all the invitation is ever about. About people opening their heart to Jesus. And so if you're here tonight and you've never done that, if you're here tonight and for some reason your hearts remain closed, maybe you've never been baptized into Christ, maybe you've got sin in your life that you just won't refuse to turn loose of, maybe you're just really struggling to trust, the answer is to stand before the Lord and say, okay, God, I'm done with my way. I'm going to walk in Your way. And so I'm coming to stand before You. That's the invitation. Why don't you come tonight as we stand and as we sing.